0: You're listening to Mind Over Motherhood. Welcome to the Mind Over Motherhood podcast, your new favorite show for all things mindset, motherhood, and mental health. I'm your host, Dr. Curly Crew, a mom of twin girls, modern-day nomad, and MD psychotherapist specializing in women's mental health. I believe that life is full of challenges that can hold you back from being the best version of yourself and living your most incredible life. Your mind shouldn't be one of those things. So listen in each week as I share practical tips and expert strategies to help you manage your mindset, improve your mental health, and be the woman and mother you've always known you could be. So grab a cup of something delicious and let's dive in. Welcome back to the Mind Over Motherhood podcast. I am really, really excited to have this conversation today with my special guest, Dr. Mallory Craycroft, who is an obstetrician gynecologist and wellness coach for women. Mallory, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to talk with you. And thank you for navigating the time zone changes. So my listeners will probably know that I've recently just relocated to Mexico and I just learned that Eastern time and Eastern standard time are different time zones. And so poor Mallory was up at 6 a.m. trying to record this episode with me and I was (laughs) definitely not there. So I really appreciate that, that you were able to be like flexible and we still were able to record this.
1: So um,
0: Mallory, why don't you just start? I won't go through your whole story, but why don't you go through your story and kind of explain to my listeners, you know, where you came from, what you're doing now and all about yourself.
1: Oh, sure. I, um, let's see, I'm a mom and I have two little girls. So I have a a five-year-old and a 17 month old and they are just a blast. I love them. I am an OBGYN. I've been practicing for nine years and then four years of residency. And recently sort of over the past, well, really over the past several years have found myself just wondering, you know, is there more that I can offer? Not more, but something different, you know, something that that seems like it's missing from my, my patient's lives as women. I was just kind of feeling this itch that there was this gap in someone who could provide the type of care that they needed. And that's really caused some soul searching for me over the years and over the past year and a half to, to the past year, probably um, I've really dug into my own wellness and um, with a life coach and with functional medicine training and um, just really with a lot of soul searching and have found these principles that I feel like are massive for women. And, um, as part of that started a wellness company for women that, that offers coaching to say, okay, let's look at all the pieces. We're not just going to say like, oh, you should exercise more, or you should sleep more, or, you know, you should focus on your thought work, but we need someone who's going to look at all of your pieces and saying, You know, how is your spirituality? How is your physical wellness? How is your social wellness, your relationships? And be able then to make an action plan with that woman of how do we help you feel your best? How do we help you live this life that you were supposed to live?
0: Unbelievable. I love all of this. And I think there's so much about your story that I can resonate with, especially being trained as a physician. Right. And we yeah. are trained to help people, but I don't know if you can identify this, but I felt a little bit like both boxed in and liberated in medicine. Like I still obviously practice medicine. Um, but in the capacity that I really wanted to help women, I felt like I didn't have the time or I didn't have the, you know, the, the system and you're in the U S so your system's very different from ours, but um, you know, we didn't have the uh the time in the system. The system wasn't built to really be able to provide the care that I really wanted to provide. Right. Like that depth yes. of connection, that depth of care. And so similar to you, that's where I kind of shifted into the coaching realm as well as to see if there was like a, just a more in um in-depth way that I could support women and really help them in that one-on-one way that a lot of women are really craving that kind of like one-on-one support. And as being an odd guy, like you'd have so much intimate knowledge about the lives and the wellness and the physical fitness and the health of women. So like what a beautiful marrying of those two things.
1: Yeah. Thank you. I do. I do feel like it's interesting because, you know, if a woman has a problem, really her first thing on her list is, I mean, well, I guess I should talk to my doctor a lot of times, you know, so she'll come to her doctor, but the the healthcare system is really built for, oh, you have a specific problem that I can fix. Oh, let me help you fix that specific problem. Like, you know, a bladder infection, you know, we're really good. Our clinic schedules are set up perfectly for here's the problem. Here is the limited, easy to explain solution. But when you start getting these complex sort of inner workings of our mind and our hearts and our souls and our bodies. Mm-hmm. The medical system is not really well set up for that, but then it leaves a lot of women thinking, well, so where do I go? Like if you oh, can't right. answer this for me, then what am I supposed to do? So I've really loved being able to provide that for women.
0: Yeah. No, I love how you just described that because I see that a lot myself. Like is in the family practice office and in my work with mental health, obviously I'll see so often women coming in with physical complaints or, you know, um, difficult to diagnose, not yet diagnosed complaints that they've been struggling for a really, really long time. And like you said, our system is just not designed like the medical knowledge system, not even like the medical system or the healthcare system, but the medical knowledge system, how physicians are trained is not as comprehensive and holistic as some of us really want to be in that role. Right. And so it's yeah, not really designed to address, you know, to look at, like you th- said, the spirituality and, you know, the social connection and the relationships and your physical health and your nutrition and all those things, like it just doesn't fit in the medical system. And I think sometimes that unfortunately gets the medical system a bit of a bad rap because, um, you know, it feels as though physicians can be focusing on too many simple complaints or physical complaints and really narrowing in and dismissing all the other complaints, which I feel, I mean, speaking to you, we're obviously not doctors that would do that, but it's, but it's hard to really give that comprehensive holistic attention to something in the
1: system that we're trained in and working in. Right. I agree. And I think we do have to cut the the healthcare system a little bit of slack, although I definitely have my issues with it, but yeah because the healthcare system and, and physician, you know, medicine developed over hundreds or thousands of years, you know, Mm -hmm. people were simple. People had Mm -hmm. very simple needs. They lived on their farm. They had their, their two neighbors, they Mm -hmm. farmed their vegetables. They took them to market like life was simple. And so the physical needs were simpler, but look at what we're doing now. I mean, we have data and, and information coming into our Every one of our senses, our brains, our eyes, our ears, our tastes, our smells, it's all blown up exponentially in the last hundred to 200 years. So how could that healthcare system that was built for that simple life support us now in the same way? And it's just, if you think about it that way, you think like, well, of course we're, we're complex. Like yeah. we have a lot to look at and they didn't need to look at how is social media affecting your brain a hundred years ago. I absolutely, but we do. Yeah. You yeah. Know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love that you just mentioned that. And I think that, like you said, all that stimuli that we're getting, right. And you and I just briefly touched on the nervous system
1: yeah. um,
0: before we started recording and all that stimuli, like you said, is just, you know, 200,000% more than what our nervous systems evolved to be able to handle, right? Like yes, we're, our yes. systems are trying to catch up, but so in your perspective, um an overactive nervous system or an overactivated nervous system, a stress nervous system, I often refer to it as an activated nervous system. How does that manifest physically, right? Because we you and I spoke about how there's obviously that deep mind body connection. and I think that exploring that a bit might be helpful for our listeners to show what could be some signs that their nervous system is overstimulated or overactivated?
1: Yeah, totally. I this is something I talk about, I don't know, at least three to five times a day with patients because, I'll have females, you know, come into their OBGYN and say, hey, could you help me figure this out? I can't lose weight or my hair's falling out or I'm fatigued or I have joint pain or I can't sleep or my hormones are messed up. I mean, all of those things can be ways that our bodies um sort of react this or or show this activated nervous system. And the way that I like to start explaining it to my patients is with using the idea of our most primitive forms, right? As cave women, right? We go back. We are a cave woman. Our job is to hunt and to stay alive. And that's it. And if we see a predator behind us, then our bodies switch into stay alive gear, right? Fight or flight, people have heard. Like my body's job is to run. And so it takes um blood flow and it shunts it to my muscles. It takes um glucose and it it, it breaks down more glucose so I can have energy to run. It holds on to calories because. I don't know when my next meal is going to be. If I'm running from my predator, it shuts off our digestive system because who needs to poop when you're running from a predator, it shuts off our female hormones because who needs to have a baby when you're running from a predator, right? Like our bodies are built to respond to stress and in the caveman form, that makes sense. And even if you bring it forward to say, a scary man walking towards you in the parking lot with a hood on, you know, you want all of those things to happen again. You want your pupils to dilate and take in all the information. You want to be hyper aware of everything. You want to hold on to your calories so that you can run. And so it, it serves us well. But where it doesn't serve us well is when we stay in that state. And we might may not even recognize we're staying in that state. But we're if we perceive something as a threat, our brains aren't very good at differentiating between saber-tooth tiger. And I forgot to take cookies to my kid's school on her, you know, Halloween celebration for us. A lot of times our brains perceive it as the same way. Like, oh my gosh, I am in grave danger. I forgot the cookies. And so our bodies switch gears into that fight or flight mode. And if you stay there chronically, it absolutely can have physical manifestations. And I think it's so important for women to understand this because otherwise they go to the doctor and they they can get the message like, oh, that's all in your head. That's all made up. It's not made up, but it is the way that your body is per your, your brain perceives something and your body responds. And if you are perceiving something as a chronic stress, a chronic need, then your body responds, and it will have physical symptoms, which can be diarrhea. And I think it can be, you know, for anyone who's ever given a speech anywhere or had to get up and stand and give a talk in front of people. And you've gotten that pit in your stomach or diarrhea or like heart palpitations or a headache. It's so easy to understand like, well, that's not in your head. You didn't like make up the bowel symptoms or make up the, the headache. That's legitimate, but it was triggered by your brain. So it's, it's not in your head, but it, it is triggered by, by your head and your, your brain's perception of things.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. The fight or flight system, uh, the amygdala activation, the limbic system activation. I talk a lot about that on the show, obviously being that I talk a lot about anxiety. Um, and, and I think the way you described it is like so eloquently beautiful because I often reference back to as well, like to like primitive caveman days, our brains were very simple and right. Mm -hmm. They've kind of kept it that way. Right. Unfortunately, like we of course have evolved a beautiful frontal lobe that can problem solve and reason and all these things, but a lot of our, um, of our base. These physical things are regulated by our limbic system, our fight or flight activation system, all that. Um, and so I really love that. So then if you put that into context in the fact that basically for the last almost two years now, we've been living in a pandemic, right? A lot of women are experiencing chronic stress with an inability to come back to baseline, right? Cause stress in itself, right? Stress on the nervous system, um, you know, even kind of threats to the nervous system are not necessarily all bad, right? And sometimes we, people can get this idea, this like high vibe lifestyle where you're not supposed to have any stress at all. And that's not the key, right? right? Like that's not going to be possible unless you live in a bubble, but the, the, the key is that we're developing systems and strategies and skills so that we can help our nervous systems back, regulate down to a normal homeostasis and a baseline where our systems can go back into that parasympathetic kind of like rest and digest and recover mode rather than living in this chronically heightened, activated state, right? So I love that you spoke about, yeah, a lot of the physical symptoms that women are coming in with, they are not made up. They are not made up, right? And and like you said, sometimes we get, criticized in the medical system for dismissing or gaslighting patients and saying that I don't know what they are. Or your test results are normal. That's a really common one yeah. that I find really damaging for women. Your test results are normal. Therefore that means that you're normal and there's nothing wrong it's not true. I think that we just haven't really evolved the systems yet to be able to test like the level of nervous system activation that you're experiencing. Right. And I, I, right. um, I've said that before. I'm like the fact that we just haven't learned how to speak the language doesn't mean the language doesn't exist. Right. So just because we haven't figured out the test to figure out, Oh, all of these symptoms, these physical symptoms, the fatigue, the difficulty sleeping, all these digestive system s- system issues, right. Just because we haven't been able to identify that they're related to an activated nervous system via a diagnostic test doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that they're not happening, right? Um, Absolutely. So super, super duper helpful. So you mentioned some kind of symptoms that women could identify, you know, if their nervous system is activated. And I talk a lot about this on the podcast. So people listening are familiar, which is lovely. Um, So let's talk a little bit how then we can work in some of those wellness strategies to help, you know, once we've identified that we're maybe living in an activated state, which I think almost everyone listening to this podcast can probably say you're probably somewhat activated, right? now because of the context yeah. of the pandemic and just our lives being really stressful in general, unlike, you know, cave woman days. Um, so what are some simple strategies that we can start to put into place, which I know this is a can of worms. Um, but what are some simple strategies we can look at for, or my listeners can look at to, to start to try to re, um, re, what am I trying to say? Regul- Sorry. Recalibrate mm-hmm. is a great yeah. word. Regulate or cal- recalibrate the nervous
1: system. Well, this is, I mean, this is where the money is, right? Like this is what we should be talking about all the time. And one of the things that I feel really passionate about is that it is not a one system fits all. This has to be a really personalized approach. And I think some of what we see on Instagram or social media or Facebook is that people are constantly giving these tips, myself included, to some degree. We we hear all about here's, here's how you're supposed to be living life. If you're not doing these things, you will suffer is what we want, is what they want us to feel and what they want us to hear. And the fact of it is we can't do everything perfectly and we don't need to do everything perfectly, but for someone who, and this is where I kind of focus my coaching is looking at six different wellness pillars and saying, where do you feel like you're the least satisfied in your life with that pillar. So for some people that might be relationships, maybe they've got a really difficult marriage. Maybe they've got really difficult relationship with their kids that they're having, struggling with a teenager or something like that. For another person, maybe it's a faith crisis. They're going through this massive spirituality, you know, re-evaluation and that's causing them a lot of angst and causing them a lot of emotional reaction for another person. It might be physical. You know, they're having all sorts of joint pain or they're they are They can't lose weight or they, they feel bad about their bodies or they want to go do something, but they needed surgery and now they can't do it because they had to have their knee replaced or whatever. It's going to be so personal for each individual. And I think it's healthy for women to recognize that so that they don't come out feeling like, okay, I have to do it all because it's going to make it worse. So then these methods of like, be sure you meditate and be sure that you do your breathing exercises and be sure you exercise and be sure you eat healthy foods. Suddenly you're super stressed and activated about trying to be more well. And then it's, it's just this vicious cycle. So the first step I would say is to recognize that you are an individual with an individual set of circumstances. And it's good to know all of these things But don't expect yourself to do all of those things to get yourself to a better place. You have to start with where you feel like your biggest deficits are and and sort of start stretching from there. And that's going to be really unique.
0: I love that. And I agree wholeheartedly because we do live in this world right now where, you know, if you go on social media, you're just barrage. It's just a barrage of like wellness tips and meditation and mindfulness. And and like you, I'm doing that too. And I think maybe the messaging, you know, that you and I are probably pioneering is, um, is that, you know, think of all of these wellness strategies as a bit of a buffet. Right. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. you can choose what you need or what works for you. Right. There's no like step by step by step by step process. Even, you know, I have a self-care course and um, and in that course, I don't say here's the three things you must do every morning. Right. It's like here's a variety of domains you should look at and look kind of like what you're saying, here's a variety of domains and things you could do. Here's some guide posts that I've seen have been successful for a lot of people, but picking and choosing what works for you is going to be the most beneficial to you, right? Yeah, and the truth absolutely. is, I think, I think because of this, um, what am I trying to say world we live in where we're often looking to other people to tell us what to do. One of the biggest, yeah. maybe you'll agree with me on this, but one of the biggest things that I find when I work with women on, it's actually turning them back towards themselves and asking them what inside is telling them, right? Like what mm-hmm. is their own intuition telling them that they need to do right of this buffet, right? Rather than finding guru X and, you know, Dr. Y who are great. And we're here to help, of course, sure, um, you know, but rather than following their you know, program to the letter, right. Looking at this buffet and figuring out now, what do I feel like internally, like based on, you said the deficits in the different areas, what do I feel like that I genuinely need? And then trusting yourself to do that. Right. That's what I do a lot with my coaching is helping women like listen into what is your intuition telling you? Because I think that our modern day lives have stripped us of the ability to understand that and to really listen into what we truly need and truly want as women. And we have a really powerful insight into that when we choose to listen to it. Right. But I love that. You're right. It is so individualized. And so, and, and I hear that from a lot of women, I actually call it the Pandora's box of personal development in a way, because it's like, once you start on the journey of like, um, okay, I want to get my exercise under control. Okay. I want to eat a bit better. Okay. I want to do some more meditation. Okay. You're like, Holy smokes. Like I am just broken. I have so many things to do. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We have to slow down and take it one step at a time. Like don't make your, your Im- improvement in your wellness and your personal development, another
1: stressor in your life. Right. Totally. And I think that's exactly right. I use in my, with my clients, the phrase observe, don't judge as mm-hmm. you know, that's the first step is just to pay attention. Like, look at yourself, look at, start turning on that introspection and just observing like, oh, I feel stressed right now. Oh, I'm exhausted right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, my gut doesn't feel like it's working. Like start doing a survey and paying attention to how you're feeling and what, what seems to get you activated during the day. Is it always, you know, 5 PM dinnertime, bedtime, that sort of thing. Okay. Let's start there. Let's tackle that. Mm-hmm. Is it first thing in the morning, <clears throat> first thing in the morning, you wake up feeling overwhelmed or like you've already failed for the day. Okay. Let's start there. You know, there's, there's that observing is so essential. And I think, I think the first step, but Mm -hmm. I think you touched on what I would say the second step is, which is recognizing that this issue is with activation and countering it with deactivation. And I, I emphasize this so much with patients too, is that this is a time of healing. I think of this a lot with postpartum depression that we think, okay. What are the 10 things I need to add to my to-do list to feel better? It's like, well, I can give you those 10 to-do things and and they will help. But first you have to recognize that you're depleted. Mm -hmm. You have, because of stress and oftentimes pregnancy or other physical demands, you are depleted. You feel empty. And that I think resonates with a lot of people because they do say like, yeah, I do. I do feel really empty. And so to just start hammering them with things to do can feel worse But to recognize this is a time of healing, the whole purpose of this is to move you over into a zone where your body and your mind and your soul can do what they do best. They are very, very wise. They are very well functioning. And if you will just stand back and let them do what they need to do, they will solve a lot of this for you, including jump starting your metabolism and letting those 10 pounds fall off that you've been trying to lose by doing more and more crossfit or doing more and more restrictive eating like mm-hmm. your body just needs to feel like it's in a safe place mm-hmm. it needs to feel like it has room to heal and then so much of this will start to solve itself so what i like to do is first talk about what are some ways that we can deactivate what are some little tips tips and tricks that we can add into the day to help you switch out of that activated mode into a mode of you know, bringing it down, bringing it into this parasympathetic response of it's okay. I'm safe. My body can do these functions that it needs to do now. It's okay.
0: Yes. No, I love all of that. Like so much. I I was like, I knew when we started talking like we could talk for probably hours on this (laughs) Um, because it's, it's so true. It's all about slowing down. And I think that's where sometimes, what I've heard from women is like, okay, I don't need to learn how to meditate anymore. I don't need to learn how to, you know, do yoga. I don't, and I think it's because, um, for two reasons. One, there's often women create a timeline on their own healing. It's really mm-hmm. hard. I don't know if you see this in your practice, but I see it in mine. Mm-hmm. It's so hard for women to give themselves the time to heal. Like, they're like, and how long should this take exactly? I'm like, well, not six yeah. weeks, <laughs> you know, like we need to give. Yeah like slow down, let's remove the expectations. Right. Um, so there's that, there's this timeline that they're like, okay, tell me the boxes to check so that I can heal so that I can move on. Like, it's like a very perfectionistic achievement focus. I need to do the 10 things and then I will be better. And there's a timeline. And if I don't meet the timeline, then I'm failing. Right. I see a lot of that kind of perfectionistic rigid thinking in my practice. Um, but then there's often also a dismissal of some of the things that they hear all the time. Right. It's like, okay, I don't want to exercise. Well, it will work. It will help. Right. I don't want to just like slow down and meditate or like do some yoga. Okay. Well it will really help. Like those are the things in all of the training that I've been doing to learn about like complex post-traumatic stress disorder and trauma and all that. Like it sounds complicated and it is, but it's also not, it's so much just like, how do I make my body feel safe again? Well, what does your Mm -hmm. body do when it feels safe? It slows down it eats good nourishing foods, it sleeps, right? When it feels safe, it breathes slower, right? Like all these Mm -hmm. things, it moves mindfully, like all these things that we can do to our bodies, like, like mindfully and purposefully engage in these behaviors to help our nervous system regulate itself back down. Right, yeah, but it's like often those are not kind of like sexy enough for women. They're like, no, no, I just need like, give me the cannabis or give me the this or give me the whatever. Not all the time, but and some women really, really love the doing mindfulness and yoga and all that sort of stuff. But I do find that is our um, our kind of social media thing as well. Again, is that there's always this next quick fix that's being offered to women as like, oh, you're burnt out and stressed. Here's this, and then, oh, you're burnt yeah. out and stressed. Here's this, and it's like yeah. it's actually not. It's actually not a lot of those things. It's all of the simple, old school. Mindfulness, exercising, you know, connecting with your partner, working on your relationships, like the things that don't sound as glamorous. Would you agree?
1: I totally agree. And I do think that, um, I think it really helps to understand the physiology, you know, to understand that this is a physical thing that your body is going through and a physical thing that your body needs. Because otherwise, it does sound like I had just a client tell me the other day, like, I understand what you're saying and I don't disagree, but don't I also need to start on an antidepressant (laughs) and, you know, maybe I don't care. Like, yeah, sure. Do the antidepressant. Like there are absolutely benefits to medication and I'm all for it. And yeah, you, you need to rebuild this foundation. You need to replete your body because it has been depleted by days, months, years of chronic stress and chronic need and if we look at it from a place of compassion mm-hmm. especially like I think postpartum is such a good example because it is so physically related to what your body just went through is we look at you know here's this person who has just given her all to create this child i mean she has literally just given of her body to create this child and she's been navigating the world to keep this baby safe and she's been doing all of her own education she's been working so hard to do all of this and now she has this baby And she is empty because she just gave it all away. So in that way, it's such a good understanding of physiology. Like, oh, well, that makes sense. Like literally my vitamin levels are depleted because I just gave them to my fetus. You know, like, I think in that way, it makes so much sense. But if you talk to, you know, a 35 year old busy mom of three little kids, then sometimes it's harder for her to understand that like your physical body is depleted. And so we need to give something to your physical body. And oftentimes that is breathing and stretching and yoga and mindfulness. And she's like, nah, (laughs) no, what I need for my body is either a medication or um, uh, exercise, more exercise, or I know I need to lose weight. And I'm not downing any of those things because those all can be massively helpful tools. But what I would love for women to believe is you matter too. you (laughs) need something too, and it's so, I think that social media has done such a disservice with their interpretation of self-care because Mm -hmm. they've made it seem so selfish. Like self-care is taking a day off and going to get a pedicure. Mm -hmm. Is that going to help you in your postpartum depression or in your depression or in your feeling depleted? Maybe for a minute, like Mm -hmm. I'm all for it, but what you really need is to say, what do I need? And to start refilling and healing and, and repleting. Mm -hmm. And if you can look at it from that way with kindness and with, generosity towards yourself, then I think you can start to see, oh, physically my body needs a break. You know, I don't need to rev it up more. I need to give it a break. And that seems counterintuitive because we live in a society where being healthy means you exercise more and you eat less. That's health. That's how you live healthy. And it's, it's so not true for the vast majority of us, especially once you get to the point of having a, an activated nervous system of feeling like your hair's falling out and you're fatigued and you have joint pain and you diarrhea and palpitations. And like the last thing you need is to exercise harder and to eat less. Yeah. So I, it is a total
0: starvation mode and fight or flight even more. Yeah. Yeah. It is such a mindset shift for a lot of people. And I don't think they see it in the way that you and I, or if they do, or now they do because they hear it from us, which is nice. Um, but I, I love that you said that. And I think that sometimes it's even giving women permission to say that my self care can actually be doing less things right? Like I say, be a ruthless manager of your time and energy, right? Only focus on the things if you can, right? Only focus on the things that actually must be done or bring you, you know, fulfillment and fill you back up. But often we do get that checkbox of, Did I exercise? Did I meditate? Did I, this, did I, that, did I do all these things? And we don't think like, well, actually maybe what your system needs is less things to focus on, less things to do unscheduled time, right? A day with nothing planned, maybe some time away from your kids, right? Like I'm a huge fan of outsourcing as many things as I can, because I say this on my podcast all the time. Um, You know, you are a very valuable resource and you need to protect the resource. You are the resource. Right.
1: Yeah. And so how, if
0: you were a resource that you wanted to maintain repleted and you wanted to maintain in high functioning form, how would you treat that resource?
1: Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And I do think, you know, it, it's hard for moms. It's hard for busy moms, mm-hmm. probably, you know, we, and I'm a busy mom too. And this has not always been my mode of thinking. This has been an absolute transformation for me. Like this, I, I was not this way two years ago, you know, I was go, 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 go. And so I know where these women are coming from. Mm -hmm. And I I see myself as like, help me educate. Like, I just want to provide the information so that you can then do with it what you want. But I I do think it's hard for busy moms because they say, when on earth do you expect Mm -hmm. me to do these things? Like, so what am I, which ball am I supposed to drop? bathing my kids. I can't not bathe my kids, like taking my kid to school. I can't not take my kid to school. Like there are limitations. And I think it's really important to recognize that with new moms, that Mm -hmm. especially some with financial strain, like not everyone can just say like, oh yeah, that sounds great. I'm just going to take the day off of work and go spend it on myself. And so I think that I I get that strain and what I like to tell clients and, and what I hope to teach is that we can start so micro we can Mm -hmm. start in 30 seconds we can start with 10 seconds and for example one of the most beneficial things i think is to just recognize and switch your body over out of that activated mode into the deactivated mode several times a day. And you can do that in 10 seconds by a breathing exercise. So some people do box breathing, or Mm -hmm. I like five, six, seven breathing. So you inhale for five seconds, hold it for six seconds, exhale for seven seconds, Mm -hmm. the key being the longer exhale. Mm -hmm. So every time you wash your hands, after you go to the bathroom, do that breath, hold it, hold it, hold it, and then exhale. And then I like the mantra, I'm safe. Mm-hmm. there are no tigers. It's okay. Mm-hmm. And as we bring it back to that mantra and we just let ourselves come out of that mode several times a day, our bodies will physiologically start to shift out of that chronic activation state. And we'll start to see like, okay, I'm carrying my shoulders lower. I'm breathing slower. I can respond to my kid without screaming at him, which was my personal revelation. When I realized like I am activated all the time. So my four-year-old doing the tiniest thing makes me snap. And I saw that just through doing these simple breathing exercises and, and my mantra that I really, I stand by it. I was able to respond differently to my daughter because I was coming at it from a place of being revved down instead of coming at it from a place of being revved up. So there is a massive spectrum And you can do a lot and you can do a little, and it's going to depend on your circumstances and on your life situation, but do, do the little don't do nothing because you can't do all of it. Like do the little bit, do the breathing exercise, do the mantra. And a little bit goes a long
0: way. Sorry, I so had to far. have my dog get up and walk away because he was snoring under my lid. And I'm like, I don't know, I think that's going to come through on the podcast. And, um, you know, I, I just wanted to share, because as you were saying those few things, it's funny because I shared with Mallory before this that we just moved to Mexico um, for a few months here. And um, and it's stressful moving to a new country with your small children and not really knowing where everything is. And we don't speak Spanish, which might have been a better idea to learn before we came. But, um, but I've been feeling quite activated myself, right? So we've all been quite intense like lately, the kids have been really activated themselves. They're not sleeping the best. And it's just this settling in period, but just this morning, right. Got up. I was actually awake at the time that you were awake. So I feel terrible, but anyways, I got up, I went and I did my yoga and I'm laying on my mat afterwards saying I am safe. Right. Because my, I know that my nervous system feels like there are tigers everywhere right now. And so, you know, we don't just say these things, we actually do these things and then we do feel better. So it does seem like, you know, it could be all talk sometimes for patients. I think that they're like, oh sure. But like, I've often had patients be like, well, what do you take when you have a cold? And I'm like, I do the same things I tell you like doctors don't have this big magic where we're just like keeping it, hoarding it away. Like we're doing all the things we're actually telling you to do. Right. And so I was just doing that today and it makes such a difference. Right. So a little does go such a long way. And so if you're listening to this and you want to start tiny little practices, like those things do make a difference. They don't work overnight. Right. You do have to be consistent with them. But the beautiful thing about things like breath work and yoga is that your system actually learns how to be more efficient at regulating. Right. And so like even, um, you know, a a regular yoga practice helps your body switch from sympathetic to parasympathetic back and forth, back and forth, back and forth frequently. And it gets more efficient at that process. So it's not that you don't go into sympathetic mode ever, or that fight or flight mode ever. It's that you're able to bring yourself back down and that's building nervous system resilience. So I just love this conversation. This has been so helpful. And I think so, um, so, on point timing wise, for I feel like how a lot of women are feeling. And you've been such an amazing guest for the podcast. Like, so perfect. I'm so honored oh, to have you. Had you. Um, Mallory, I would love for you to share where my listeners can connect with you and find out more about you, learn how to work with you. So please share those with us.
1: Yeah, I'm on Instagram at Mallory Craycroft M D, which is M A L L O R I E C R A C R O F T. MD um on Instagram and I share a lot of this stuff on my Instagram. I also have a website that's www.upliftforher, which is the name of my company. Um I have a podcast coming out soon, so that will be announced on my website, hopefully here in the next month, and we are talking about all things wellness and I just love coming at it from the comprehensive view because we are comprehensive, complex individuals. So I love talking about it. And yeah, so on my website, you can come work with me. I'm, I offer wellness coaching and we can sit down one-on-one and kind of go through all of these things and see what really works for you and what you feel like you can incorporate to your life. Because if you, if it's not going to work for you, let's not do it, you know? So it's, Absolutely. I like customizing it.
0: And I think that listening to podcasts is so valuable. That's why I love providing, um, you know, this awesome high value free content, but there is something so different to actually working with someone on your life individually With a coach, right? Because I think a coach can see things you can't see. And then the big piece of I find working with a coach is the accountability piece, right? So a lot of women will start by saying, like, okay, I heard all these things. It's a great podcast. I want to put them all in place. But then, you know, give it a week and the stress levels peak and the kids are feeling crazy. And now all of a sudden they can't apply any of those things. And so working with a coach can be super valuable. And I think that, um, Mallory, you'd be an exceptional coach hearing you speak. Oh,
1: thank you. It. Yeah. Well, I love doing it. So that's lovely. Helpful.
0: Lovely. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And I think oh, we my have pleasure. an interview coming up for me on your podcast too. So that's right. Fun. Little swap. Yeah. Little swap. And, um, and, and, uh, thanks so much for listening. I hope this has been a valuable episode for you and we'll catch you next time on Mind Over Motherhood. Thank you so much for listening to Mind Over Motherhood. If you love this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could take a screenshot, tag me, and share it on your socials so I know that you're listening. If you have questions or concerns about anything I discussed in this episode or have ideas for new episodes, please reach out to me. I would love to hear from you. Catch you next time. You're listening to Mind Over Motherhood.